I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day legends, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Was lucky enough to jump on the other day with the weekly rubdown to do some more draft analysis heading into season 2022. Took a deep dive into four teams. First of all, the Gold Coast Titans. Not many guys I'm overly keen on there, as you might have uh, got the gist of that over the last few weeks. Then we dove into the Manly Seagulls, led by the Travojevic brothers and a couple of really, really fancy second rowers that I'm very keen on. Then we dived into the Melbourne Storm, obviously led by their spine with a big forward pack there with a lot of mouths to feed, very similar to the Manly Seals. And then, of course, we finish off with the Newcastle Knights, who I am far from confident on. I've put the red sharpie through the vast majority of these guys. But throughout this podcast, Natty and Walker, they bring up some fantastic points. As I always say, if you're looking to get into the Supercoach draft game, which you should be doing with your mates, you've got a couple of weeks left, sort your shit out, get involved in it. Make sure you follow the weekly rubdown and listen to their podcast. If you are playing playing Supercoach Draft and you're not listening to the rubdown already, you're doing it wrong. So make sure you get onto all their gear. Two blokes doing sensational stuff. I've always said they are putting out the very best draft content in the game and I will die on that hill. Uh, without further ado, though, I'm going to hand it over to Natty from the Weekly Rubdown and uh, let's get stuck into it. Yeah, g'day, Rubbers. Welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You're listening to the Supercoach Black Book Part 2. I'm your host, Natty, and with me as always, riding shotgun in the rub. It's the stats wizard himself, Wooker, the weaseliest of all weasels. And, of course, our boy off the bench and into the starting side, the one and only rugby league guru. Or should we call you, what is it, Garino now, I've heard is the new nickname. Mate, it's incredible how quickly that bloke can make shit up just off the top of his head. It's unbelievable. Just rattles me every fucking time. Cute nickname. Cute. Is that is that like Guru mixed with ballerina? Mm, he pulls my ear when he does it too. It's adorable. Oh, God. Guru, you know. I like Gurino. it. Gurino. Gurino. Okay. Love it. All right. Well, boys, we're back again for, for the black book. Um, how's everyone doing? Good. Good. Fighting fit. Waiting. Fucking really keen for this draft season to start. I can't wait to do a couple of mocks and stuff. 
um, this study. I'm just, I'm absolutely stinging for some games as well. The trials. How about yourself, Guru? Yeah, mate, going well. I actually, uh, I might take this opportunity. I had a Bucks on the weekend and with uh, with actually a few of your listeners who uh, always try and stitch me up. And uh, there was a <laughs> yeah, couple the of them that uh, that might have found themselves at a gentleman's club early on Sunday morning that I know they were trying to keep from their missus. So I hope they're not in the car listening because uh, they'll know who they are. <laughs> oh, royal stitch up. Royal well, stitch, stitch up. up. I love it. Oh, g'day to the boys. All right, well, lads, let's um, yeah, if you got them. I'm um, back on the beers. How good? Are you back on the beers? Oh, yeah. I'm going to mix it up a bit, but yeah. I'm really ah, thirsty. February 1. So just um, to pull the curtain back on the rub down, Walker, are you recording this podcast um, just in your underwear? Uh, it's it, it could be said that I am in um, my underwear, that yes. is correct. Fucking sexy. Um, it is it is hot as balls here, and <laughs> it is sweat city, and there's places that shouldn't get that sweaty. Guru, be well. You're welcome to take your pants off if you want, mate. Mate, there's not enough cotton between me and that one-eyed monster over there, so I'm, uh... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, boys. So, look, guys, if you're new to the Black Book, it's pretty simple. We're just vibing out teams and we're sort of going through and, and talking about how they're going to fare in 2022. Supercoach scoring-wise, um, will they improve? Will they shit the bed? Uh, how will they attack? Who's off contract? Um, talking about some stacking options. And, of course, who's a big, big value play in your draft so we can throw them in the black book. This is a really good podcast to handcuff with the stuff that you're doing with Denon um, over there at Bloke in the Bar. Uh, Guru, I think you guys went through all the teams and just talked about um, each team individually. Yeah, we've gone through each team. And then this week, uh, we're actually going through, um, it's, it's essentially just a list that I've put together of each team, just going through some young guns that... I think are worth keeping an eye on. Obviously, these guys could be your late draft picks. Um, some of them will be more relevant over the next few years. But I mean, if you if you've listened to all your rubdown content, there is an absolute shit ton over there as well. Once you're done with your with your rubbers, yeah, I've, so, hey, I've there. listened. I've listened to the to the team um, breakdowns and analysis that you and Denon did. Very good, and you should be listening to In that thoughtful. as well as everything In that's thoughtful. coming out of the rubdown. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right, boys. So part one was the Broncos, Raiders, Dog, Sharks. Part two is going to be the Titans, Manly, Storm, Knights. So let's kick this bludger off the tee and rip into the Gold Coast Titans. Now, for the Gold Coast Titans, obviously, um, they did pretty well last year. They were the seventh best scoring side. Um, they have the 13th best uh, final strength of schedule does get better in rounds 23 and 24 so that must be noted for the guns like David Fafita um, some of their gains Isaac Liu I really like that gain mm. Aaron Booth I was excited about him until the news came out about Clark start, starting at 9 came out the other day and Will Smith um, no one really to note coming of contract Corey Thompson um, I like him Philip Sammy maybe Jared Wallace is a bit um, uh, you know bit old to be to worrying about for super coach but Corey Thompson is, is an interesting one first up the f- first thing I want to get out of the way and I'll, I'll shoot it through to you guru is what we want to know is and I don't know if you don't know this just make it up where what edge will Toby Sexton be playing and will he have David Fafita running off his hip 
Yeah, mate, I, I think he will play predominantly down the right. But, uh, mate, I, I think that they are going to be a little bit unstructured, to be honest with you, with the Gold Coast. So if I had to put money on something, I would say Toby Sexton will play down the right edge. But you watch him come through juniors and you watch him play Queensland Cup. He isn't exclusively a right edge player. So, mate, I'm really not sure what they're going to do here. I wouldn't be surprised if AJ and Toby play a little bit a little bit unorthodox and sort of played both sides of the ruck, to be honest with you. I think they're just going to be that sort of a footy side. I think that if you're, if you're going with this plan of handing the keys to these youngsters, I think you just got to let them play footy, to be honest with you. And I think that just letting Fogarty go, I don't know, it's just such a weird fucking decision for me. I, I, I don't know how you boys feel about it, but, you know, with Aaron Clark at nine... I think he's played 25 games. I think he started a handful of them. Um, Sexton's played four games. Three of them were really impressive. The, the fourth one, he sort of struggled a little bit. That was against South Sydney. So, And you know what? He should struggle against top sides. But I just feel like the sample size we've got out of him, I think he played the Dragons, the Cowboys, and the Bulldogs. And, you know, before he debuted, I posted about him. I, I've always been a big fan of Toby Sexton. But I just think it's very early days to throw him the keys. I'm not convinced on AJ Brimson as a six. I love him as a player, but I, I, there was probably not many guys higher on him at the start of last season than me, um, and he was very disappointing, and I'd much prefer him at fullback. This Jaden Campbell looks like an absolute freak, and he's he's just got so much natural ability, but I do... I don't know. I just worry about him that it is so early in his career and he's getting handed so much responsibility. I've To, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know where you guys sit, but... I'm kind of putting the red sharpie through the Titans as far as draft day goes. I'm sort of, unless it's David Fafita, I'm sort of thinking, you know what, these, there's so much risk with all these guys that if someone else gets them and they kill it, I, I'm happy just to sit there and watch it, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a few, there's a few guys that I've, I've got my eye on, um, but yeah, I'm definitely not targeting anyone in particular. Like, you look at you look at the spine in Jaden Campbell, AJ Vrimson, Sexton and Clark, and I'm sorry, but they're a bottom three spine in the league. It's not. It's not anything that's uh, apart from like sexy Sexton has his moments, um, same as AJ, and we don't have enough information um, on Campbell to see whether he can replicate what he did in a few of those games last season. Like if the Knights didn't have Pierce leaving, it wouldn't be the worst spine, um, but. Yeah, I, I just feel like the, this team is not going to score points like they did last season. So last last season, they they came eighth. They were the seventh place Supercoach scoring team. There's no way that they're going to replicate that. They're going to be they're sliding gonna down. They're going to be sliding down past 12th position, I think, in yeah. scoring. I agree. I agree. I think they'll, they'll regress a fair bit. The, the only thing that I, I'm sort of interested about Sexton is if he's inside David Feeder because all he needs to do is like under sixes, run over to him, mm. put the ball in his bread basket, and it's just going to be try assist. So that's the only thing that I'm really sort of looking at Toby Sexton for that. You know, I, I'm, I think he can average 50 to 55 pretty easily um, with that goal kicking, but I'm with you boys. I'm, I'm not really excited. I tell you what, in the in the um, the essence of trying to get some value here, Isaac Liu really interests me. Uh, front row forward, two RF eligible guy coming from the Roosters system. I really like what he put out there in that pack. Obviously, didn't get enough minutes to sort of be that sort of fifty five plus consistent player, but he's coming into a pack, a younger pack where 
look, they'll probably lean on him a little bit to start. And I think, I really think he could lock down this this lock spot for the Titans and, and probably get 55, 60 minutes. And if that's the case, I really like Isaac Liu for a value play that you probably get him picks, I don't know, like in, in the round nine, round 10, maybe even later than that. What are your thoughts there, Guru? Uh, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. He's a guy that I'm not overly... Cl- I mean, mate, like, let, let's have a look at that pack. There's going to be himself, Mo Fodawaka, Tino. You'd have to assume those three will be the starters. Um, like, having a look at the at, at the team you've got here, Jared Wallace, Sam Lasani, Jermaine Jolliffe, I don't I don't disagree with that team. Boys. Mate, you, you, you're looking at seven middle forwards there. Um, I just... Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't trust that... He's going to play massive minutes there, to be honest with you. I still think that, you know, when I look at that side, if I had to pick, you know, who the guys are, I would go Tino. Then I'd, I'd probably go Mo Fodawaker. Uh, I'm really high on Fodawaker. I think he's going to, uh, you know, he, he's got better every single year. I think he's going to keep improving. The minutes worry me with Isaac Liu. Um, the, the the one thing, j- just to go back on Toby Sexton, what you said there about 55 and goal kicking, the positive I would say about Toby Sexton is that, I think they have handed him the keys. So, I, I, in my mind, I think Holbrook is thinking, no matter what happens, he's our guy. So, he might be the most under-pressure halfback in the competition, but he also might be the safest at the same yeah. time. Because for me, if they yeah. get rid of him, he's in some... like that, 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 that could send his career into an absolute spiral. It'll be Ash Taylor all over again for oh, me. So, yeah. in a weird way, he could be a really safe late seven option, but I, once again, I also don't think you'll get him too late. I think there's enough pages and everything up there that are pumping up the tires is, of Toby Sexton. And this is what I, this is what I said the other day when we did the halfback um, uh, rubdown. He used to be a value play, but everyone's all over his dick at the moment that that value's gone now. So realistically, you're probably going to draft him where his value is at or even a little bit earlier, invited, to be honest. for sure. Yeah, so... And that's the reason why I'm sort of off him because he's only good if you're getting a bit of value. For me, he's popcorn in a pan. Um, he's under pressure. Will he pop or will he not? It's it's a big question mark. Um, look, I really hope he does well. Uh, he's a young kid. He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders at the moment. They've lit, like you said, they've given him the keys, keys to the car and said, do your best, champion. But other than... Because I'm, I'm just trying to rack my brain for value here. And the reason that I brought up Isaac Liu is when I'm talking about front row forwards, I'm always looking for the next Blake Laurie. I just want a guy that I can get in round 12 and 13 that's going to get me 50, even 53 55. points. I don't even need 55, to be honest. I just want a consistent 50 to 53 points. Um, and he might be that guy. I get what you're saying with the minutes, obviously, with that bench. Um, do you think Tanner Boyd locks down that 14, or do they try and get Booth at 14? Oh, yeah. Mate, personally, when I saw that news come out that it's January and Aaron Clark is guaranteed the nine jersey, I could not fucking believe it. Ludicrous. That has. Do they know that they away. signed... Aaron Booth, they they realise that, right? That he's in the building. Mate, I would honestly... I would have Tana Boyd starting at nine before I would have Aaron Clark. I've got to tell you, I find this one very, very strange. And, you know, with all due respect to Aaron Clark, from the football that I saw from him last year, mate, he doesn't look like a starting nine to me. And, you know, maybe he's had an I'd have Patrick Herbert starting he's, over lock. He's, he's, he's a lock starting in the hooker position. Yeah. And look, he's, maybe he's had a huge preseason. And if so... 
best of luck to him. But I think it's a weird call for a guy that really hasn't earned that much at the club to say, this spot is yours. I, I, I think that is just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Look, well, it sounds as though neither, well, none of us are too high on the Titans. Um, the, uh, the only stacking option, to be honest, um, is that whoever's passing the ball to Dave Feeder. He is yeah, this it's, guy. It's for Feeder and someone. Yeah, that's the that's the only stack, and there's too many question marks to, to try and you know nail that down right now. But look, if I get if I get word that it is going to be Sexton, I'm I'm interested. I've I've put the the sharpie through AJ Brimson. I've got no time for AJ Brimson. He burnt me last year. It's personal. I I don't care care about him. Jaden Campbell, on the other hand, if he presents value late, late, late in the draft, maybe. But if I haven't got a fullback. By the time I'm looking at Jaden Campbell, I might as well just pack up, go home, and just just throw this year in the bin. Can I ask you? And and I haven't done the research. I hope you guys have. The, the halfback that, or the five eight that was playing mostly with Dave Fafita last year. Did they get a huge bump in points? I mean, I'm just thinking about some of those tries he scored last year, and he is a bit of an unorthodox sort of fella. Like, is he is he the sort of back rower that you want to plan around? With halves, and I, I'm genuinely asking that question because I, I I haven't had a look at the stats myself. I think it was a bit of a merry-go-round on who was, was playing left, in, who was There was playing a lot of in right. and out, and a yeah. lot of switching of sides when he was yep. starting off the bench and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, true. Because not only yes. was he playing left and then he was playing right, but the halves were switching it up as well because you had Fogarty coming in and out of the side, but you also had Ash Taylor playing on the left and he was playing on the right. Then um, Sexton came in, he played on the right, pushed Ash Taylor back to the left. So. I couldn't tell you because there was so much fucking yeah, okay. movement um, in that side when we're talking about where we're, where they were playing location wise on the on the park. But I get what you're saying is like he can get the ball standing still off a drop ball, and that's how he makes his his points, and no one sort of um, benefits from that. But I think if they've got a little bit of solidity in their positions and where they're playing on the field, and it is Toby Sexton's that that's going to be there all the time. You would think, well, you would hope that Sexton would know to use him and use him often. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You hope so. Could, Especially when the, the other... attack and threat in the team is so poor. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other really interesting thing. I mean, mate, um, Tanner Boyd, he he went he went from like playing year twelve. He was in the same team as Dave Fafita. They played on the same edge. They went to Queensland schoolboys. They went to Australian schoolboys. So they had this incredible combo. They never fucking put them near each other, and they're they're always trying to work out how to bring David Fafita into the game. I'm quite often sitting here wondering if Boyd might be the key to it. Fuck, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. And, and Tanner Boyd, he, he always seems to offer a little bit of spark and attack when he does come on. Mate, he can and play. He's he can play. Yeah, exactly. He can play. So look, I think injecting injecting guys like Tanner Boyd and. I've even like switching up Brian Kelly, moving him to the right side to have a bit of um, combination with Fafita. But I think Kelly's underutilized as well. I think he's an awesome strike center. Yeah, for sure. I've said for a while, I reckon he could slip into an origin jersey and he'd be fine, Brian Kelly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, then exactly. Yeah, they're not using... Well, I probably wouldn't put Brian Kelly... If you wanted the best out of Brian Kelly, I wouldn't put him anywhere near Dave Fafita. I'd have him on the opposite side because, I mean, David Feeder, whatever edge he's on, he's going to suck up everything. I, yeah, I just but think- like he's going to suck up defenders and it might 
provide an offload opportunity and things like that. Um, but look, we'll see. We'll see what happens through the season. But yeah, like you said at the start, Guru, I think it's a red line through most of these guys, isn't it? Can I ask yeah. you if you you know if you end up with you know pretty mediocre you know round one round two picks, you don't really have that high ceiling guy. You get to round four or five, you don't have a fullback yet. Does Jaden Campbell start to appeal to you as a sort of ceiling guy? Oh, fuck, I don't know about that. Round four, round five, that's scary. I don't think I'd reach for him that, that early. No, okay. He, he's Look, he's pumped out a couple of 90s. Um, it's hard. You've got such a small sample size with six six games. Like, I mean, he scored over, over 54 out of those six. Yeah, you topped the ton in the last game, but God, it's um, it's a risk for what you'd have to take him because he's played so many games. Play, he's played six games. You've almost drafted half from the draft him at the average because in the pre-draft list, that's where it'll sit. And look, I, I'm only saying this in a situation where maybe you're the poor bastard that ends up with a David Fafita and maybe a Payne Haas or something. If you end up in a situation where you're really lacking ceiling, guys, can, can I? If you end up in that position, would you rather Jaden Campbell or Matt Dufty? That's a I very think, good question. I'd, I'd have to go. I'd have to go Campbell because he's got more security in the position. Fair. Yeah. yeah. No, you're there's right. No one, there's no. There's no one breathing down down his neck, but Dufty. Yeah. Like he's he's one or two poor games away from losing his spot. Yeah, and they've got a lot of depth um, in the back line there at, mm. at the Dogs. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Good point. The security definitely puts Jaden Campbell ahead of him for me. Mm. And I think I think Dufty's going to go well well earlier than Campbell's or anyone else just because he's, he's inflated average. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, boys. Well, let's go from something, yeah, a team that really doesn't spark us with too much joy to whew, the fucking Ferraris, the uh, the Manly Seagulls. So they were fourth uh, for scoring, which is crazy. If, you, if I told you at the start of last year that they were going to be the fourth best supercoach scoring side at the end of the year, you would have gone, you're a fucking idiot. I'll bet you any amount no, of money that doesn't It was happen. a better time for that question would have been after round four. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's just crazy the run um, that they had when Turbo came back into the side. Their strength of schedule isn't great um, all season long or in the finals. But they're a team that could put points on any team. I, I, I really think they're matchup proof when they're on. Mm. Um, the thing I like about Manly, and we talked about this the other the other day, Walker, is there's not much change. There's there's no ins, there's no outs. It's the same guys on the park. Uh, everyone's getting a nice full preseason. Everyone's healthy. Uh, their attack's going to be better. I feel like they're not going to be so one-man dominant. I think they're going to know that that defenses are going to mark up on Turbo, and I feel like some of these other attacking weapons are going to be brought into the fray, like Schuster and Olakowatu and and the boys on the sides and Mm. and some of the centre work, Morgan Harper. I think you'll see a more well-rounded and holistic view of what the Manly Seagulls can do in attack. Um but they've only gained Ethan Bullimore. And, I mean, does he even make the side? Probably plays in the bench. Um, Off-contract players, you've got Foz and, and Kapow. Dylan Walker doesn't really um, fill me with too much excitement there for off-contract players. I mean, fourth, 
we can sort of see that happening again. Not too much to to improve on. Not too much to sort of regress from because obviously you're going to have Panthers, Storm. They're going to be up there above them. I mean, if anything, they might be able to move up to third. But now you've got the Roosters coming in. I think they're going to be a top. Yeah, four. I, I feel like it's going to be hard to to go too much higher than that. I think so too. Um, the only lineup question I've got for you, Guru, to start us off is. What are we going to do with the hooking spot here? So, <laughs> Croker um, will probably get the nine. Dylan Walker, we know how successful he was coming off the bench with the 14 on his back. Um, and we've also got Manasi Fainu in the wings. We don't know what's happening with his eligibility to come back into the NRL. What are your thoughts there in the hooking spot? Um, yeah, I, you know, my, my general rule is to try and get Finu at some point late in your draft just to plug him on Love your it. bench, see what happens. But in saying that, mate, I am pretty sure that Chico has a train and trial with Manly at the moment. Um, I heard that, yeah. So, yeah, that throws a real spanner in the works. For me, you've got Lachlan Croker, you've got Carl Lawton who can play nine, if they were confident they were getting Fano back, I just don't understand why you would throw a bone to Chico, to be honest mm. with you. He's 31. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's a very good player, but he's... You know, he's a good clubman, though. Yeah, for maybe, sure. Maybe yeah. It might be, might be the experience that they're trying to get from him. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he obviously comes with a bit, realistically, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't. It just seems like a strange one, um, strange one to me. When you have got, I mean, I'm sorry. If Finu walks back into the NRL tomorrow, I've probably got him as a top five hooker. He's probably sitting around fifth or sixth, I would say, when he's playing at his yeah. best. So, uh, I don't, I'm just, I'm a little bit hesitant about that one. Obviously, Lachlan Croker is fuck as meat and potatoes. Hold the sauce as you can possibly be. Carl Lawton, you know, I don't know. He's, he's got a bit of X factor to him, but he's not reliable realistically. So I, I want, this is another one I probably put the red Sharpie through. If I get to round 15, 16, and I haven't really taken any huge punts anywhere, uh, Finu will be a guy that I will look at once mm-hmm. again. Um, I, I will probably grab him, to be honest with you. How often do you get to the end of the season and you remember your round 15, 16 picks anyway? So. Uh, definitely one to look at there, Finu. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that the 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 Chico signing really worries me though. To be honest with you, it's because I look at Lock and Lock and Croker. The dual eligibility um, is it, it interests me. He's obviously got fairly good base. It's just the minutes that fluctuate for him. Um, but yeah, you're right with that sort of news. It's it's a bit of a stay away. Wooker. With this type of high-octane attacking team, surely there's some sort of statistical stacking option that we can have in the finals here. Talk to me. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's kind of an interesting one, and it's um, it, it's one that you probably wouldn't, wouldn't have thought about, and it, it's it's Garrick and Schuster. Um, and based on... Love that. And it, you're not going to... Obviously, the, the pinnacle would be Turbo and Garrick, but I just don't think that that's a possibility. And it um, shouldn't be a fucking possibility. No, no, it shouldn't because everyone, if so, whoever, whoever gets, <laughs> whoever gets turbo, it's every other person's responsibility to not allow I told him you that many to swing or him or her to swing back and get Garrett. <laughs> it's but, it's twenty twenty two draft rule number two. Yes, exactly. 
But I think a, a, a statistical stack would be um, Schuster, who's got a, a fifth best run to the finals, and then Garrick, who's got um, uh, what has he got? One sec. He's got the fourth best. So it's statistically into the finals, you, you have a good run. I feel like um, Schuster's in for a big season. Um, I feel like there are gonna, they are going to attack on that left side again, um, like they did a lot of last season. And look, I think they, like we, like we just said at the start of this, they're, they're going to be providing a bit more of the short balls to Schuster and Olakowatu. I think they're going to be a bit more involved because – damaging runners and skills all like the like just as you said it on the the pod the other day it's um he's the only blind man in the league he, yeah. he loves an overlook pass um yeah. he's just got all the silky skills he can easily slot into that five eight role if you need needed to and i think he's the heir apparent to foz when he does leave but um look i i feel like that's the stack that's a good one because you can actually get that one over the line. Yeah. So yeah. probably you're probably looking at Garrick sort of mid round two and then and Schuster sort of mid to late round three. So it's very doable. Guru, mm. looking at this side, what sort of stacking options are you looking at? Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I think any outside back you'd be stoked with. Um, it might not be their day every day, but there will be a day where they go 80, 90, probably once a month realistically uh, with the sort of team that they are. I, I love Schuster as well. Um, and look, I would say, and touch wood, I'm wrong, that if I draft him, hopefully I'm right. Um, I mean, yes, Foran got through all of last season, but I mean, another year older, I think there's a really good chance we see him play in the halves a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Chez and Foran, they are getting older. Rugby league's getting faster and harder. I just, I reckon there's a good chance you do see him. When he played in the halves last year, uh, he played 5-8 against Parramatta, came up with 77 points, played halfback against St. George, came up with 96 points, uh, didn't score a try in either of them. So, you know, the the, the high-end ability is there. I, I tipped him to be my... Um, my rookie of the year last year, and I thought he was going to play in Jersey 14. And to be honest with you, I think he would have had more chance of getting rookie of the year if he was in Jersey 14 and he was coming on as a ball player. Uh, but he really established himself as a proper back rower last year. And, you know, I have looked through his scores and, you know, there's some really good games in there. But at the same time, he, he really, like, he's no stranger to a, you know, 38 to 45 point game at the same time. So, um, you know, I, I think he gets lost in those games where, it's it call it they call on him to be that sort of tough sort of hit it up type yep. player. He's not that type of player, and I feel like that's where you get your thirties and forties from him. Where look, we just want you to hit lines, just hit it up, ta- get a quick play the ball and get out of there. It's not the type of player that he is, and I feel like in those sort of arm wrestle games that Manly have, that's where you sort of get those those sort of scores from him. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, and I, I think eventually he'll either, as you said, he'll probably come in after foreign goes. Um, mate, I, I almost think that it would almost be better for him if he eventually ended up in, in the 13 jersey. If they eventually shifted Jake oh, Trevojevic... Such a good match for that. Yeah. Mate, could, could, you, could you imagine him in the in the 13, how many points he... Like, he'd get a heap of base, but then, you know, the short balls and stuff he'd be able to produce, he would just be lethal. And especially if they've... By that point, if they've got Finu back as their hooker... He'll be sniffing around for offloads all day off this guy as well. He, he's one to really keep an eye on over the next few years. Okay, but he's so been that's... the most ball-playing lock in the game. 
He'd be the one that has the highest uh, potential as far as ball playing goes, without a doubt. Mm. So that sort of sparked my interest. You just t- you boys just talking about Schuster maybe moving into the six at some point during the season. Is Carl Lawton a nice little smoky play on your bench, maybe the last pick? Line runner. Yeah, the, yeah, the only guy I'd be you would worried think he about. Would play on the edge. Yeah, the only guy you need to keep an eye on though is Andrew Davey. Uh, he was injured oh, last course. year. He's the only one that. And yeah, if you're going to take Lawton, I mean, it's a long time to fucking hold him if Andrew Davey happens to get in there, you know. So that that would be un- my only worry. Um, but uh, fuck, I love myself some Carl Lawton. He is just unreal to watch. He is, he is good. And and those those games where he did play big minutes on the edge, he was very sexy out there. Very yep. sexy. Um, for stacking options for mine, I've always been big on DCE and whatever 2RF is outside of him. Do you know what I mean? I was, I've was i always been big on Ciro. We were fucking massive on Ciro last year. We told everyone to draft him, and then he didn't play a fucking minute. But the the best thing that we did was told everyone to go and get Olakowatu and handcuff Ciro with Olakowatu. Now, we saw some glimpses of what, Olakowatu can bring us. And it it seemed to me like at points toward the end of the season, the penny was dropping. He was actually believing that, hold on a second, I am a big cunt. I am unstoppable yeah. 10 metres out. And he was sort of running with a bit of purpose close to the line and just utzing blokes all over the shop. Now, I, I believe, like I said at the start, I think they're going to lean on some other attacking options, not just giving Turbo the ball. And I feel like this this combination between DCE and Olakowatu is going to be one of those weapons that they will implement in games. And like Olakowatu got eight tries, fantastic. I reckon he'll get thirteen, fourteen this year. I really do. I think I think he he's going to go to a whole nother level. Olakowatu thoughts. Yeah, look, I really like him. I'm, I'm actually just having a look at his stats now, and like, good God, they are bloody impressive. Like, especially when you just look at from the moment he was an 80-minute back rower, um, very impressive. I mean, from the moment he became, well, if we have a look at the last five weeks of the season, for example, uh, which includes his lowest score of the last 12 weeks, which was a 35. It's one of the two times he went under 50. His average is. Um, is 63. Now, Schuster averaged 61 last year. So I feel like people are really sleeping on this guy. And, you know, he might not have the silky sort of ball skills that um, Schuster has, but good God, like he's just got something about him, doesn't he? I mean, when you consider that for the first... Put that mongrel when he runs, didn't he? Yeah, mate. Well, for the first... What? For the first six games he played, he played under 65 minutes. He's finished with a 58-point average. So he's only just behind Schuster. I mean... I, it, Mate, I, in seventy plus minute games, yeah. he averaged sixty seven. Mate, I I think that, and I mean he's gonna play seventy. He's gonna play ten more minutes than that every game, barring an injury. Now, I yep. mate, I think there's an argument you could almost take him before Schuster. To be honest with you, I think yeah. so, and that is a really really good conversation to have. And I actually had this conversation with someone on, in our DMs today, but I sort of rested on the upside that Schuster can bring. Yeah, and the jewel. And the jewel. And the jewel, of course. Yeah. I, I just think I, if you get a try from Olakowatu, you're going to get 90. I think if Schuster hits his straps and we see what he can really do on a football field, he's won 21-30s. I mean, when, when I have a look at these uh, a little bit deeper too, I mean, 
You know, there's a game against Parramatta. He scores a try. He finishes on 51 points. Uh, other games where he scores a try, you know, he's going 80, 77, which is good. Don't get me wrong, but... Like, you also know how he's scoring those tries. He's breaking two or three tackles. He's getting a line break. So, yeah, I, I think there's upside in him. Um, I think he'll improve with another preseason working with DCE as well. But, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure where he gets drafted, to be honest with you. What, 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 is, is he around five guy, or, or do you think he goes a little bit earlier than that? I'm happy at five. Yeah. I'd probably be happy taking him. I'd go late four. Late yeah, four. four. Yeah. I think I think Schuster's a solid round three. Um but yeah, Oliquatu and four or five, I'm happy with that. Right. I just Far I out. just think D I just think DCE is just going to the whole preseason he's just gonna be linking up with him, just going, It's me and you this year, champion. Because, I mean, last preseason it was gonna be zero. These cunts yeah. wouldn't even know each other. DCE yeah. and Oliquatu. Yeah. They're gonna have a full preseason together. And you, you just you've seen it again and again with Cherry Evans about when they're attacking line twenty meters out, he gets there, he does the big dummy out the side, and then boom, straight off the hip, short ball to his his edge line runner. What's that Gajeski or whatever his name? He was even putting him in gaps. That and that yeah, that cunt's yeah. useless. He was scoring <laughs> tries off DCE. Imagine what Mate, Ola I, I, I reckon that bloke is the absolute king of as soon as he's going to get dropped, he scores himself a meaty out of absolutely nowhere, oh, buys no. himself an extra three <laughs> works. It was un... Every time... I used to do it all the time. Every time I thought he was on his last legs, I'd take him for a, a um, any timer, and he'd deliver every time. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he loves his he loves his edge back row as DC is. So I'm, I'm all over that play. Um, all right, boys. Anything else you want to add on to the to Sea Eagles here? Any other value plays? I mean, Brad Parker and Morgan Harper—they're kind of plotters, to to be honest. In, in the centres, they're just a give and go. They'll do that. They'll players. do their job. They'll get you forty-five and fifty in most rounds. But yeah, nothing like, special. The ball always goes through them. What about them. Josh Alloy A? Because I've got a feeling that he comes into this side. I haven't got him written here in in the in the run sheet, but I've got a feeling he comes in and starts alongside Martin Tapao, and you'll see Paseka come off the bench. They've got so many forwards, man. They got Kepi. They got like it's it, they've got a lot of good forwards as well, like with Paseka and because uh, he's a worker. Just, this Josh Alloy, eh? like, he is, he and he's a noted minutes, he's, a, he's a noted try scorer as well. Um, and that's what that's that's the upside that I like about him. When he was at the Tigers, he scored like four or five tries in a, in, in a season. Went on a fucking tear. I'm but, always looking for the next Blake Laurie. Do you know what I mean? Like if he gets fifty minutes, what? what? Blake Laurie hasn't scored a try. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is his year, boys. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait. Get it done, son. The, the only thing that worries me about Alloy A is that, you know, as you just said, you've got a lot of mouths to feed. They also use Dylan Walker as a 13 as well. So it's a, mm. you might as well have a four-forward bench uh, with Bullimore, mm. Kepi, and I'm assuming Alloy A on the bench. Or he might start, whatever it might be. 
I, I don't know if he does get that 55. I, I was more so looking at Marty Tapao. Now, I mean, the last few years, he's, he's essentially, his averages have gone 65, 65, 61, 60, 58. Um, I'm sure there'll be people looking at him for a bit of a bounce back here. Do do we see it or I, I, I personally... Contract year. Mate, I remember I had him in his last contract year, which was when he was at the Tigers. And my God, there was a night he played South Sydney where he, I, I was sitting in the first row. I almost fucking caught Alex Johnson. He almost palmed him into the fucking <laughs> stratosphere. <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's playing for money. He's playing for security. Yeah. He's playing to support his family. It does mean a lot to these players, and they always go to another level in contract years. So it is something to talk about. Um, now he never gets any more. Like, what's his minutes? If you got the stats in front of you, there, Guru, is it? He's floating around that sort of high forties. Yeah, fifty minutes he averaged last season. I'm just having a look at his run home. I mean, he actually didn't play fifty minutes for the last ugh, ten weeks or something. Uh, went above fifty three times. Never went above fifty eight. So, um, you just feel just like there's always so more potential there, you know. Yeah, there's just so many boys there. I mean, Daniel yeah. Paseca, he's a fucking big boy. Obviously, Alloy is going to rotate through there. Jake Javoyevich is going to suck up 80 minutes at 13. You know, you're not taking off Alakwatu or Schuster in the back row. So that just means that, you know, Bullymore, Cappy, Lawton. And then the, even when there's an injury, they got Boyle, on the, um, Boyle in the wings as well. It's like they've got so many, like, decent forwards. Boys, I'll tell you what, the more teams we get through, the more fucking forward packs I'm going, ugh, not interested in any of them. The more hookers I'm going, miss me with this shit. It's going to be brutal. The the Seagulls in with the Raiders and the Bulldogs. The Raiders and who did we say the other day? The Sharkies. Sharkies. The Sharks, yeah. Mate, there's a a fair few teams. There's a fair few teams like that. And as we're going through, it's like, yep, you you strike through even even Marty Tapao. Like, yes, it's a it's a contract season for him. Um but you've got to be getting fifty minutes though. He'd have to be. You'd you'd expect it. If you're gonna pick him, you want him to get fifty minutes. You don't want to play another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's a worry. Is there um, is there any reason to think that we might see some uptick in Jake Travojevic, or do we just think this is the guy that we're getting from now on? I, I mean, it's been a couple. I think of it's the, now, I think it's it? the I think it's the, the change in the game. Yeah, it's just it doesn't favor um, favor him. I, I think yeah, it's also the rise of Tommy as well. It's kind of like he's he's kind of doing his tough stuff, and he's he's so good at it. That he doesn't need to play that link-up play anymore. Well, you're the perfect bloke to talk to about this, Guru, because you're very high on ball playing locks. Um, I think you've said it a couple of times on your podcast. Um, I will leave. Super, super coach-wise, it's not great for their game. Like, I look at Victor Radley. When he plays his best rugby league game, he ends up average like putting out a score of, I don't know, 52, 53. Do you know what I mean? You go, yeah. hang on, that doesn't correlate. Because the work that he does... Off the ball and the the work that he does with the ball when he when he's putting defenses in two minds and it's that nice ball out the back you're getting zero bo- points for that do you know what I mean and that's the same with Jake Javorovic when he's in he's running the run the ball up and he's stopping before the line and he's getting the defenses to commit to him and then passing the ball out the back you're getting zero super coach points for that so my my thought here is this this new aged ball playing lock. 
isn't a very good super coach player. It's the uh, Adam Reynolds effect. He, he he should have averaged about ninety last year if, if they uh, if if the guys that squared up the line that actually got points for what they did. I know, yeah, right? For sure. So and, and that's, as, that's what, as, an, as an owner last season, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it was funny <laughs> in my end. Really can funny. I? Um, <laughs> but it was. Can I throw one more out there? And this might be a little stash guy. Obviously, you got young. Ben Trevojevic, Burbo. Now, uh, dual position, second row forward, CTW. Um, I don't see him being in the 17 to start the season, but I look at their squad and I tell you what, if if there's an injury to a centre, I, I start to wonder if they maybe go with chucking Ben out there instead of a Dylan Walker. If he's playing as good footy as he was last year in playing that, that middle role, I start to wonder if maybe Ben might not be too far away. It's a punt, but... It's one that I also think if it pays off for you, like he could be, Huge. you know, the Angus Crichton of a couple of years ago if you've got him in your draft competition. Yeah, and look, the Good the draw. one guy I'm looking at is Pablo Escobar, a.k.a. Morgan Harper. Mm. Now, the way he defended in some of those games toward the back end of the season was alarming, to say the least. And, and attacking teams knew it coming into the game and they just ran at him all day and there was just space to be had out there. Now, he needs to fix that in his game if he wants to stay in this side. So when you're talking about, you know, Burbo coming into this, this side, I think it's only going to take a couple of games from Morgan Harper where he misses a couple of key tackles and you might be right, mate. And this is a guy that as much as he's a stash, I I, I think he's got the sort of upside where you, I, I could look at him round 13, 14 instead of 15, 16, 17. I reckon he's got such upside that if I'm going to take a pot on him, I sort of just want to make sure I've got my hands on him. I mean, he's not 18. He's he's 20 years old. He's 105 kilos. I, I'm i just having a look through the rest of their squad to see if there's anyone else there that could jump in. There's obviously a couple of guys that have been spoken about. You've still got George Tafur in the squad, but I, I reckon he's fucking eating someone's lunch over there. He's going to see Georgie. There's this cooler that apparently is as quick as Jason Saab, but I think he's going to be a winger, not a centre. I honestly do think that he's probably the next man up as far as centres go, um, unless they're planning to put him in the back row. But Black Book uh, Burbo, I love that. That's yeah. a big call. Put him in. Maybe delete that bit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't pick Burbo. That's, no a, that's a fantastic call. <laughs> oh god alright sweet well yeah fuck that's a good one because I originally Manasi Fanu was my guy was my guy that I'm going to black book for, for mm. the Eagles and it was the same story last year because you're right once if he's eligible to come into this side he comes in plays nine he's a top five hooker that's how fucking good he is I mean they gave they gave up Appy Coruscant because they had this guy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how fucking good he is. But you're right when you're talking about this news with with Chalk and and um, it just doesn't make sense, does it? He's also, he's also never played with the new rule changes and well, he hasn't the game footy in fucking forever. No, exactly. And look, it, it might take him even if he does get a start. It might take him seven eight games to get back into the swing of things and. He might not be match fit as well, and they'll be carrying another hooker on the bench. So, I, even when he was playing, he was he was sharing the role with with Appy anyway. So he was still scoring fucking awesome. So that maybe that's not not as big of an issue as he thought. True, true. 
I, 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 I think he's on. a guy that would adjust very quickly, to be honest mm. with you. Oh, yeah. He's young, he's young enough and he's yeah. Yeah. he's been training with the team and all that sort of stuff. It's not, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. He's he's the type of guy that I'm happy for him to take up my 17th spot in my, in my side, to be honest, yeah. because... I mean, the way that Hooker, the position looks this year, it's just, it's, fuck, it's dire. It is dire. Yeah. So, I like that. The two big ones for me out of the Eagles, Burbo and Fainu, I like those two. For sure. All right, boys, let's move on. Let's get into the storm. So, the big, the big boys. So, they were second overall in Supercoach scoring for 2021. Their final strength of schedule is 12th. Now, that's not great, but they're in the category of this team can beat anyone. They can put big points on anyone, so almost match-up proof. So I wouldn't worry too much about that strength of schedule. But the thing you do have to worry about is, I know no one's playing to round 25 anymore because that's stupid, uh, but even round 24, there are going to be Storm players that are going to be rested. So you have to take that in consideration when you're drafting these Storm players. What was that, Guru? My comp's playing around 25. We, we had a vote this year and, uh, yeah, it ended up at a seven-all tie, so we kept it the same. I think that uh, oh, a few former champions fucking... just yeah. wanted to fuck around a little wow. bit. So, Phil, if you're listening, well done, brother. Nicely played. Wow. What Boys, a, what a bump who, who was it? Gets. Uh, Phil, he's one of the fellas. He, he's, he won it last year. Um, I, I think Phil. a couple of the champions that have been through a few grand finals, they've uh, they've seen a few winters decided. Now nah, we've had to deal with it, so uh, the rest of you fuckers can deal with it too. I, I actually Phil, think Phil, Phil. grand final no, no, weeks no, 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 in no. round 25, I understand all the negatives to it, but fuck, it's a fun week because I think, I think people forget that there's only two of you going on the waiver wire, and for every guy that is ruled out, someone has to come in and fucking replace them. There is opportunities everywhere on that waiver wire still. I actually really enjoy round 25, to be honest with you. And, and I've been f- absolutely fisted a couple of times. But there is a lot of opportunities to make up a heap of ground there at the same time. Oh, you're a sadistic prick. You are a sadistic prick. I, nah. I mean, I won it last year in round 25, um, handsomely, by the way. But... Cody Walker wasn't playing and I was stressing about that. I was like, this is my round one pick and he's not even going to be here. And I just think, I just think in a game where, you know, your round, your round one pick isn't going to play. I I don't know. I just don't find any enjoyment in that. But that's part of the punt you take at the start of the season, like knowing what coaches do towards the back end of the season, guessing where that team's going to finish, et cetera. Like you, you, you know, super you would have considered that at the start of the season with Cody Walker. I picked Cody Walker as well. Like, it's something that I knew was a possibility. It's And, mate, to be honest with you, there, there is less than 25. But, I mean, mate, even in the, you know, the prelim final last year, one of my mm. mates had fucking – he had Turbo, Jerome Hughes, Brandon Smith all got rested that week as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you're right. And it, it, it is it is going to be uh, an issue in round 24 regardless. So, but, yeah, that's crazy. What did you vote? 25. I, I, I like the carnage and I, I, I back away. <laughs> oh, oh, but, but, but for me, I if do, I'm I in do, grand final, I do league, like it because yeah. I like things that add more aspects to the game. So yeah. you are right. It adds another aspect to the game. And, you know, we're all captains players here. And, you know, there'll be people listening to this going, ah, fucking captains, that's a stupid way to, to play it. But it is a coward's way if, you, if you're not playing captain. So I, re- I tip, tip the cap to you, Guru, because it's just another thing that you've got to think of and another. Another reason to be a better super coach player, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I think if you're someone that's good on the waiver wire and if you're someone that listens to regular podcasts and, and you're up to date, I would be pushing for around 25 because unless you get incredibly unlucky, there is opportunities galore sitting there for you, waiting for you to take it. And if you're paying attention to podcasts like The Rubdown, I think you can scoop up some, some real goodies there. No, I like yeah, it. And, I like and it, it comes down it comes down to planning. Yep. You gotta plan plan your draft. You can't just go in and wing it. Yeah. All right, boys, let's get in the storm. Like I said, sir, second overall scoring. Um they've got Nick Meany and Xavier Coates. Um they've got a few guys off contract. So George Jennings, Cooper Johns, Tui. I've got no idea what's going on with Tui Kamakamika. Maybe you can shed some light on that. Guru, have you heard anything? With your ear close to the ground? Yeah, uh, I haven't, to be honest with you, mate. But uh, knowing the climate of the NRL, I probably wouldn't be expecting to see Tui anytime soon. That's just that's yep. just my vibe and vibe alone. But uh, I wouldn't be backing on seeing him. I think it will present a couple of opportunities for other guys, but we'll get to that in a minute. Cool. All right. Well, the first lineup question I'm going to throw at you is the 13 for the Storm. Now, it's easy to say that Cheese will be the 13, but... There are some predicted teams that I've seen where Tepai Maroa is at 13 um, and they've got Cheese coming off the bench still. Um, what's your thoughts on the team after all the troops come back? Uh, I think they'll run with Harry Grant at 9. I think they'll go with Brandon Smith at 13. Fuck, the Tepai one's a rogue pick. Um, I, I, I think now he'll, he'll be on the bench, but I can't see him starting over fucking Brandon Smith, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think that you might see there, there, there's a couple of front rowers like like now now that Kamakamika and, and and Nelson are gone, well we're assuming both are gone. It makes them a very interesting side because they don't have those explosive guys that they've relied on for so long. Um, so now I, I sort of think their bench will be. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Tyrant Wishart maybe hold on to that jersey in fourteen. I'm really high on him or a Nick Arima. It could be a Nick Meany as well, but. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong at the end of the season. I don't think Nick Meany's going to turn into the superstar that a lot of people are telling me he's no. going to be, but we'll see how that I one... I don't think so either. Yeah, it, it's hard Where to bet against think... Bellamy, but um, there's there's this kid that they signed last week, um, Jack Haworth, Howarth, Jack Howarth oh, it is. Big, the big boy, the big The lad. big boy, yeah, mate. He is a big bit of gear. I sort of think that he might become their sort of... Like, obviously not in the same realm as Kamakamika and Asafa, but I think he might become their impact guy off the bench. I I sort of thought he'd come into first grade at centre, but the more and more I look at this side and the more and more I look at the guys that are missing, and then I look at Felice Cafusi going to the Dolphins, I'm assuming Kenny Bromwich will be there next year as well. I think that this kid is going to have to be a back rower now, realistically, uh, the more I look at it. So I think he's one to definitely keep an eye on. And yeah, I, I just, that bench... I, I think you might see Jordan Grant there, who's a guy that's only played, you know, one or two ga- or a few games in first grade. He hasn't been overly impressive. I haven't even really noticed him, to be perfectly honest with you. But had a look at his Queensland Cup stats the other day, and he's a guy that can play 60, 65 minutes up there, and he puts up pretty impressive stats. I think he could be a 55 average sort of guy pending his minutes, especially over the origin period. So one to keep an eye on, but... I think it's just so hard to get a read on how this Melbourne Storm team is going to play their footy and how their forwards are going to be used realistically. Do you think Xavier Coates just slips straight into that left edge winger spot? Because predominantly he has been a right winger um, 
So that's sort of, dude, does he come in? Does he play right wing? Does he push George Jennings over to the left? Or does he just come in and just slide into the Fox's spot straight there? What do you think? I'm pretty confident he plays left side. I'm, I'm actually almost 100% sure he plays left side. Um, and, you know, he's an interesting one, man. I mean, Josh Adokar, you know, there for a long time, scoring a heap of fucking tries. He averaged 53 points last year. Um, which was his best in three year in the last four years. So I just, I don't know. There's been a lot of hype about Xavier Coates, and I get it, but he lacks base stats. He's going to score a lot more tries, 100%, but he, like his, his, his base was, I think it was like 19 last year or something, just having a look at it now. It was 19, and in one of those games, it went for 90 fucking minutes, one of his three games. I'm, le- so. I'm less about him than... Um, but I'm more about whoever's kicking him the ball. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like if if Hughes is the sorry, one sorry, uh, ignore be... everything I just said. By the way, I was just on 2019. That's why that made no fucking sense on Supercoach oh, stats. Proceed. You, you must be drunk. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really interesting because I've 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 harped on about Jerome Hughes kicking game for the last couple of seasons and how it's improving every year. And I just want to. I, I can just see that cross-field kick to Coates coming off again and again, and it might help Jerome Hughes' average um, in 2022. But, yeah, I, I get you with Coates. I think he's going to be pretty much a like-for-like like with Fox. Score plenty of tries. He doesn't have much base either, so not really someone that I'm excited about. Um, Walker, anyone here from the Storm that you reckon we could get some value? Obviously, they're the big guns there that we're going to be taking in the first sort of three or four rounds, but anyone for value? Hello? Walk? Yeah, mate. Sorry, I just um, just pressed a button that I didn't know what it did and now I know what it does. Um, <laughs> I actually I actually was wondering why you guys weren't actually talking. Um, Are talking you back on to the cooking wine again? Have you opened a bottle of the cooking wine? I told you about uh, the cooking wine. I'll no, get to you. I'll tell you, the, the cooking wine is back on the shop. It is fucking <laughs> atrocious. Um, what I was saying was um, the, the back rowers didn't play that well last season. And it's going to be interesting to see whether they um, they go back into a mold of, of using Kenny Brom and Kafusi. They were 60-point 60, 60 average players, 65 even, um, in seasons gone by. They've fallen away a bit. Um, as you mentioned, they might be looking to inject other players um, throughout points in the season because I don't think either of them are going to be there this year. I mean, next season. So that side of it's going to be interesting. Whoever wins the spot, um, either George Jennings or Nick Meany, I think that's going to be an interesting one as well. Um, I like it. I like what Justin Olin brings to the table. Um, he's not going to get you a massive high ceiling, but he does a very good job. Um, he'll get you a very solid 55 to 60 points. Um, yeah, outside of that, like you're paying the premium because it's a Ferrari team. I don't think there are too many. Um, maybe Christian Welsh is one that I think he can get a bit of an uptick. Um, but outside of that, I think you're looking at the team. And I mean, they're, they're at, I mean, we spoke about the potential that Munster has as well. And, and Ryan Madison, uh, sorry, Ryan Pappenhausen, he's, he's well undervalued. But outside of that, yeah, I think everyone's on 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 average. I think Hughes Hughes is is a bit over maybe overvalued because um, I think he, around seventy is where he'll probably lie at the, at the end of the season. Um, had a what real about Remus Smith, boys? Remus Smith, 
came onto the scene of the Storm, had a pretty good season. I mean, his average points 51, but fuck, he was scoring some tries. Obviously, he's got some some low scores scattered in there amongst his his season, you know, a few 20s, a few 30s, but he's also got 109, 120. You know, I don't know, is he better for the run in 2022? I, I think Hughes likes to use him. He's quick, chases those grubber balls. He's always up and at it when there's a bomb under it. I don't know. I'm just I'm just interested in him as a value play. Guru? Yeah, mate. Look, I had him last year. I was really high on Remus Smith. Um, base of 26. I, I personally thought he was going to be better than that. And there are games where he blows that out of the water. There's games where he can get close to 40 in base, but there's also a lot of games where he can go sub-20 in base as well. Um, and yes, look, he had those games of 109, 120. Look, to be honest with you, and like, as I said, I had him last year. I mean, those were in back-to-back weeks. Um, he scored five tries in those two weeks in the best team in the competition on their way to winning 19 games in a row. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I I kept on thinking, oh, he's got a higher ceiling than that, but he never, never really hit it. Uh, you look in the last eight weeks, the games that he scored tries in, he scored 52 54, 68, mm. and 67. I mean, to be a center in the Melbourne Storm side, it's and I was very high on him last year. I had him in just about every fucking team that I had anything to do with. And he was solid, 51 average. You'll take that every day of the week. But it, he turned out to be a guy that I was relying on tries uh, for him to do well. And, you know, obviously the season went a little bit differently to what I anticipated as far as... You know, like you, you, you used to go into a game and think if my center wing gets 35 here and he does nothing, I can wear it. But it's just not the reality of the game anymore. You, you need to be expecting 45 out of your CTWs now, realistically. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't, I, I won't be going near Remus. Um, he's fantastic in the air. Everyone tells me all the time. Mate, he didn't score many fucking points off kicks last year. The guy that was there last year, Vunavalu, he scored an absolute heap. And, uh, mate, I watched Remus all year. He had his opportunities. He didn't really come down with them as much as I think people think or act like he did. Um, Yeah, maybe I'm just a little bit scarred from last year. But, yeah, he's not a guy that I'll be going near this year, to be honest with you. It's a funny old team, isn't it, Storm? Because they've got such firepower in the key positions. You know, you're talking about Ryan Pappenhausen. Cam Munster, Jerome Hughes, Cheese, Harry Grant. And then what they've done is they've just stacked the rest of the positions with guys that just do their job. Yeah, Guys, just go out there and do their jo- do your job so these other guys over here can win us the game. And that's sort yeah. of how, how it looks super coach-wise as well, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I actually just found some stats in my phone that I did the other day on Xavier Coates. So, sorry to circle back, but... If you actually take the amount of tries he scored in 2021, which was, I believe it was 11, um, Josh Adok's car scored 21. So what I did was I added a try, a line break, and a tackle break. So I added, you know, 30 points uh, per try to his average. It comes in at about 57. Now, that's solid, but I think the reality is I think Xavier Coates will score a heap more tries off kicks than what Josh Adok's car did. Um, so I, I, I think 30 for each try is huge overs, knowing the sort of guy that he is and knowing how confident mm. the Melbourne Storm are to kick to their edges. Um, so, look, I, I really do think he will finish with a, 
a 55 average. Um, Remus Smith finished with a 51 average last year. I wasn't overly happy with that, to be honest with you. I think we're going to have to go Xavier Coates. I personally don't think he's going to be worth it on draft day. Yeah, the more we talk about this storm side, there's not a lot of value to be had here, is there? Yeah, unless you're getting Pappy or Hughes or Grant. Yeah, it's... But, I mean, they're all, they're all going to come in the first round. So what value are you going to get, to be honest? Yeah, that's it. It's, that's it. it's one of those things that we hit the nail on the head early on. I think pretty much the only guy that I think you'll get at some value is Welch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. There is, there's going to be a, a, a big shift in minutes here, minute share, um, because of the lack of Tui Kamakameka and Nas. So mm. you would think that Welch sucks up at least three to five minutes out of that. And I mean, you can add three to five onto his average easily. I mean, he averaged, he averaged 59 and his base power was 58 last season. I think there's this definite growth there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definite one to, to think about there guys. Um, I think you can draft Welch at, at, at a 60 average. No worries. Oh, easily. Can I um, the white rhino? The white rhino. Can can I toss up one before we move off Melbourne? Um, uh, let's say it's pick nine of round one. Munster's still there. Do you take him? Pick nine. I yeah, I do. Fuck For sure. yeah, I'll take him. For sure. Pick seven. Pick eight. Yeah, you 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 take him that early. Yeah, I'm I'm always a believer of Munster. I'm, if the, the if, your, is, if your grand finals round twenty four, definitely. Yeah, the thing is, and we talked about this the five eight rub that we did the other night. At very, at the very worst, you're getting a seventy average five eight that plays in the one of the best attacking sides in the comp. That's at the very fucking worst. That's the worst day you're going to get out of him. All we're doing is we're just biding our time until fucking money monster, mad dog monster, becomes a super coach player that we all know he can be. Now yeah. I thought it was going to be last year. And we thought it was going to be the year before, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And But there's all the narrative is behind it now. He's off the piss, he's off the punt, you know, he's got a bub. Can it be this year? What's your thoughts on Mad Dog this year? Yeah, mate, I'm like you. I still think there's going to be a year where he's going to be a superstar, but I just... I'm not sure if I could take him at pick seven, to be honest with you. I just, I don't, like, and look, you're right. At worst case scenario, you get a 5.8 that averages 70, 80. That's fantastic. I just don't think it's going to win you a comp, though. I mean, I have a look at his score last year, what he went. He went over 100 three times, and they were 100, 115, 111. I mean, when you look at the guys that are going one, two, three, those scores wouldn't be in their top five scores for the season. So, Yes, average-wise, you're keeping your head above water, but I just I just don't know if he wins you a comp. If he plays his absolute best footy, he can win you a comp, but I'm sorry, like, I just I haven't seen it, and, you know, yes, there, there, there's a narrative to go with it at the moment, but at the same time, mate, the best fucking football I've ever seen from the bloke is when he was hungover beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What is it? Is he going to be worse sober? Oh, Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just – and, like, take away all, all, all that sort of stuff because, you know, it, 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 it could go either way and be fantastic either way. But I just – I don't know. He's a big punt to rest your whole season on for me. Um, he, He's the sort We've of guy that if I got Munster – When did we have him, Wooker? Eight? Did we have it eight? We had, we had him at eight. And eight. I think we had, um, we had Walker ahead of him. Yeah, Walker. We had Walker seven, um, Mad Dog eight, Fafita nine, Gussie ten. So you've got some high forwards there. 
Yeah, big on mm. big on big on D- Dave Fafita because of his um, strength of schedule in round twenty three and round twenty four. Yeah, Angus Crichton. I mean, what is this fucking bloke going to do on this Roosters side with everyone healthy? He scored what five or six tries last season. I think he's Mate, he's in for a every seventy five in a fucking a team that was limping. Yeah. Mm. yeah, scary, 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 scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, edge back rowers, but I mean. Fuck, they're, they're elite edge-back rowers. Another guy, Crichton, that I, I keep looking at the start of every season going, fuck, look what he did last year, and this is going to fall his way, this is going to fall his way. And I don't know, I just he's, he's another guy that I he hasn't quite... Uh, probably I've probably set too much of a high bar for him, but I don't know, can you can you win a Supercoach comp picking... I mean, Angus Crichton last year, y- yes, the, 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 the team was busted, I understand that, but... I mean, he, he went over 100 once last year. I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Well, it depends. It depends because obviously you're going to be... If he was playing on the right turn. side, I'd say to you 100%. Being yeah. on the left worries me a little. He's still going to do well. He's still going to average 75 to 80. There's no doubt about it. But if I've got Turbo Cleary, Teddy, Pappy, Latrell, Angus Crichton isn't worrying me that weekend, I don't think. Mate, he, he averaged 75 and he was playing outside Drew Hutchinson who literally coated his hands in Araldite before each game. So I, I, I've i got no idea how the fuck he averaged 75, but he did. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, I, I had a close look at those, you know, and it's a small sample size, I understand that. I had a, I had a look at that, those two games that Luke Keery played last year. I think the Roosters scored 16 tries, 12 of them were down the right edge when Keery was on the field. Um, and you could steam, you know, they'd they'd always go to the left sticks and they'd swing down to the right, and they were just so damaging down there. I I, I don't know. I just get a, I I hope it's a decision I don't have to make. To be honest with you, Grab yeah, Angus. yeah, it's tough. That that pick, sort of back six, end of the pick six to ten is the worst. I think it's it's tough. so tough, so tough. You want to be in that top four. Yeah. Top four yeah. picks is the sweet spot because you know you're coming away with a league winner. See, like, I, I, I and, and I'm not confident on, well, I, I, I don't know where, where guys sit, but I'm not overly confident Nico Hines is going to be the same guy at Cronulla, but I also think you're probably more likely to win a comp with Nico Hines than probably an Angus Crichton, if you know what I mean. Oh, mate, if, mate, we're, we're subscribers to the fucking Nico Hines book, don't Where have you got that. Nico we're then? Where, I, I didn't 11. hear you say his name. 11. There. Right, okay. 11. Yeah. We've got him, we've got him very, very high. Everyone jumped up and down about it when they saw it, but fuck, we're sticking to our guns. We're big on him. We love us some Nico, baby. His strength of schedule is just ridiculous when you dive into it. It is fucking crazy. What's his run home like? Yeah, Hines. real good. It's good. Hit him Hit him with it. Hit him with it, Wooker. One sec, I'll get it up. That's what she said. Sharks got like the best strength of schedule all around, like season long. Um, from one to eight, from so in the last four 20. weeks, he plays Balmain, Manly, Canterbury, Newcastle. Yeah, fuck, fuck it, mate. Yeah. I'm telling you, if your grand finals round 25, I'm taking a punt on on Nico Hines probably over Angus and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd probably see less than half of um, leagues having their final in 25 with the rule changes. So yeah. It's it's possibly going to shift back to Even Canterbury's um, not bad though, man. But Canterbury's not the team they were last season. Yeah, but fuck Nico. God, God knows where they're going to be in eight months, mate. They 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 they, they could be busted mm. all the same. 
Not only that, though, when you dive into it even further, Nico Hines has the best strength of schedule from round 21 to 24 for right halves, specifically. So, yeah, he's very sexy. We love him. All right, we've gone off on a fucking massive Yeah, sorry, fellas. This is... (laughs) <laughs> this is this is rubbed down material. Don't worry about that. All right, let's get into the Knights. This is the last team of tonight. Um, <laughs> be a quick one. Um, so wake me up when it's over. <laughs> that were the eight scoring. Have you still got that red red sharpie there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just rubbing them out now. She's almost out of ink. Um, Good God. <laughs> eighth best scoring side. I don't know how they fucking manage that. They've got. They do have a really sexy strength of schedule in the finals. Like the fourth best. Dane Gagai and Adam Clune come to the uh, to the club. Off-contract players, Tyson Frizzell is a really interesting one. Um, he averaged 65 last season. Walker and I think he can replicate that with, with ease. But the big mm. one is Kalen Ponga. So yeah. it's a contract year for him. He's a player option in 23 and 24. Now, with the way that the fucking Knights are set up with Pierce fucking off and them punting Kalen Ponga's best mate, his bum buddy, Connor Watson, you would think that Kalen Ponga is going to play his best football in order to fucking get a nice pay packet for the Dolphins. Now, I know the Knights fans fucking listening to this are going to go, oh, no, no, that is just the fucking reality of the situation, guys. He wants out, and he's going to be playing well for you guys so we can get a really good payday somewhere else. It's going to be back to Tinkler times. Mate, <laughs> I, I, I've had a couple of mates say to me that they think KP will go late round one because of his name. Mate, I couldn't even look at him in round one, to be honest with you. And I, I'd i be even sceptical getting him round two. I, I like Just looking at his scores to finish last season, um, he went 71, 36, 43, 80, 41. He finished with a five-round average of 54. Without Piercy yeah. and without that direction, I, I'm assuming he loses the goal kicking now. I mean... Yeah. He, he was. Oh, that's a certainty. That's a certainty. Like I, mate, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he goes sixty average. I'm, I'm so low on KP, and I get a lot of people. And I mean, you know, that might seem outrageous for the sort of player he is, but at three out of the last four years, he's gone sub seventy. I don't think it's that crazy to say that he could score under 65 this year. That would mean that he gets three points worse than what he did last year without Pierce and without goal kicking. I, I, yeah, I, I'm so off KP. It's not even funny. And mate, I, I yeah, I, I had a mate say to me the other day, yeah, but if you get him in round three, and I sort of went, fuck, I, I don't know if that's that great to be honest with you. Honestly, think yeah, it's, still, it's still it's still a punt in round three, mate. It's still a huge punt. I, my mate said, "Oh fuck! If you get him round three, I'd be stoked." I go, "I'd look at you and go, you still shit the bed.' I reckon. I just, I, I'm very, <laughs> maybe I, I'm a bit over the top. I've never been a huge KP um, super coach fan. Um, he has got the potential. He's hurt me a couple times. There's no doubt about that. He is a guy that can go 150 plus on his day, but I just don't think he's going to have many days next year. I. Fuck, if he was playing the Cowboys in the last four weeks, every single week, I'm looking at him. But, mate, outside of that, without having a look at his draw, I just, I don't know if I can go near him realistically. It's it's a tough look at this night side. I mean, Wooker, are you keen on anyone in this fucking side? Oh, yeah. For value, for anything. I mean, for, for value, 
Oh God, even even like Barnett, you just don't know where he's going to float to. Um, we're, we've been big on best at times, but it, it has to do with whether they're able to get the ball in good position for him. I mean, I, I do like Jacob Safidi. Um, I think he he almost outplayed his brother last season. Yeah, and I don't know how much how much longer Clemmer and well Clemmer's got in the team, so. He might be might be a bit of a stash that you, you might want to get on your bench. Um, Kurt Mann, we just don't know where he's going to float. I don't think he's going to um, play much of a, a part in the season. Well, he sort of brings me to my next point. Now, I was pretty keen on Chris Randall, but Chris Randall needs to play 80 minutes for me for him to be a relevant super coach. And there's so many whispers coming out of the training camp for nights that, you know, Kurt Mann's training there, even Phoenix Crossland's training at nine. So... Now, Chris Randall becomes a huge trap for me because if you pick him at his at what value that you think he can pump out, I mean, with 80 minutes, he can be a 60 to 65 average hooker. There's no worries about that, just in fucking base, pretty much. But if you pick him up and then he shares minutes with Mann or Phoenix Crossland, you've got egg all over your face. So for me... Uh. It's just the whole fucking team is a stay away. I just can't see anyone presenting has, any value. Has the MILF signing been registered? I, I don't think it's official yet. Oh, I could okay. be wrong, but... Because um... I, I heard I heard a little while ago that, yeah, it's it's in the works, but I haven't heard it being registered. So does he even make the team like the wrong team? And that's a big question. Probably like does make the team, but I... Oh, mate, even then, I... I think the only... Is he a stash? Is he a stash? Ugh. God, you're still... I think you're on a highway to fucking nothing, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The, the, the only conversation I'm willing to have here is that if you... If, if you believe enough in KP that you think he's going to do okay and you draft him, you best get your paws on Bradman Best and Lachlan Fitzgibbon. If you're going to go all in on KP, you fucking... You better make the it's very a, best... It's a back. It's a back. You have to stack. You have to go all in. You can't yeah. put a toe in. You have to go all in. I mean, for, for for me, if you end up with KP early, I think your season's fucked anyway. But if you believe in <laughs> it, you just dive in. What's your thoughts on what's going to happen with... Because I've heard whispers of man playing 13 and Barnett moving to 12 and, and Fitzy getting the punt. Have you got any word about how they're going to line up in this pack? I'm pretty sure Fitzy's not going anywhere. I think he'll be on an edge. I think you'll see Mitch Barnett at 13, which really fucking hurts Barnett for me. Um, yep. And I think you'll see Kurt Mann in Jersey 14 playing a bit of nine. Um, fuck outside of that, mate. I, I just, I cannot buy a slice of this team. Daniel Saifidi and Jacob Saifidi, I don't mind them. I, I think you can probably do better than them. In, in saying that, both can score a try, but both, I mean, the other, that's the other thing about Chris Randall is that, you know, like I, when, when I've watched him in first grade, he's never really looked like he's got that much up, upside to him. Um, I went back and watched some cup games of him from a few years ago. He actually played 5-8 for a season, which really fucking surprised me. Um, and he looked reasonably handy there. So, I don't. It wouldn't surprise me if he's got a little bit more upside to him. But as you said before, the problem still is that he's going to be sharing with someone. I don't think he's going to be an eighty-minute guy. Mate, there is honestly nothing in this team that interests me. No. There, there, there's no one in this no. team that I could draft and be like, "Ooh, got some value there." Yeah, big boy. Biggest, biggest, biggest trap. Biggest, biggest trap of the season will be gay guy. Oh yeah, yeah. please. 
Do you know what? I reckon Bradman Best is a is a bust. I really do. I I, I think. Mm. I think we saw some some flashes of brilliance early on there, but outside that, I just don't think they they have the ability or the skill to to get the best out of him. Um, pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Yeah, just looking at his scores from last year, very far from impressive. Even the last you know six weeks, he played all six of those games. He's gone well, under under thirty twice. Um, under 64 times had a had a score of 107 against Canberra which is a good knock but I mean yeah that's just what's to say he doesn't throw up those performances again in this side without fucking piercing it Do yeah I mean? that's like... the yeah and I mean mate the, the, the two weeks before that one of them was injury affected to be fair but he went you know like a, a, against Parramatta he played 80 minutes he, he scored 16 against Canberra he played 80 minutes he scored 30 you know, I just said, fuck, I'm a bit off Remus Smith because he only scored 51. Bradman Best is on 52. I mean, I just... And I'm more Remus worried Smith. about his team. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'd take Remus, Remus too. Rim. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> right, well, fuck, there was a couple of duds in there, boys. I mean, we had, we had Manly. Manly, that was pretty... That was that was an exciting chat. Storm didn't really have much outside their guns, and the Titans and Knights are pretty much sharpied out. They they're done. We're not touching anyone from there except for David Fafita. Yeah, we're almost out of red ink. It's um, it, it's been a bit of a fucking shit show, isn't it? Uh, yep, I will have to get down to the local news agent and get some more red sharpies for the next game. Uh, well, hopefully next podcast we've got some some more um more teams that'll excite us in, in in terms of value. But as always, Guru, thank you very much for for dropping by and getting your hands all around it and rubbing it all the way down to the bone. No, thank you, boys. I wish uh, I wish Walker had find that mute button uh, more often, just quietly. Jeez, it was fucking beautiful, wasn't uh, it? That was I the thought, best thing on podcast. I thought that was just going to be me and Guru now. Thank, thank you. Oh right, eh? I thought, fuck, I can't get an, a word in edgewise. I might just get into <laughs> the fucking fucking bum set. Uh, were you, Wilcott, what were you doing Wilcott. over there? It sounded like you just started doing something else over to the side, and then then suddenly went, "Oh fuck, they're talking to me." Oh yeah, hello, I'm back. Considering no, no, no. our pants weren't present, it's a serious worry. And then I started to talk and then didn't realise it was on mute. And then, yeah, anyway. Oh, the old cooking wine. How good. <sighs> there we go. We love you, Walt. How good. Yeah. <laughs> you're the best. All right, Guru. Thanks, brother. Cheers, Thanks, boys. Man. Thank you're you. Welcome. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.